And welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Going for Two, presented by Home Field Apparel. I am your host, Matt Brown. I'm the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter. I'm joined here this evening by my colleague and friend, Brian Fisher. We're recording this here on a, on a, on a Thursday evening to get that second edition here in this week. It's good to be back home. I didn't. I didn't miss anything too big here, did I? Uh, I, I don't think so. But uh, unless you count uh, maybe the the biggest experiment on on my uh, Twitter timeline of Amazon streaming Thursday night football, that that, that might be about it. But uh, it's yeah. good to have you. It back seems home. fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've I've seen this. I've seen the same tweets. I haven't been watching the game. I've been. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest with everybody. NBA 2K came out last week, and uh, that is the video game that I probably play the most. Uh, out of everything, outside of whatever, whenever college football comes back, a lot of my old SB Nation colleagues are really into it. A bunch of my college friends are into it, so I'm probably not watching an NFL game that I don't care about, uh, you know, as as much. I, I mean, um, are you like, uh, are, are you it buying an NBA league pass, or are you that in depth with that? I, I I am that into it. I this year the NBA two the, the the highest level package came bundled with league pass, and I don't know if if you know heard this or not. My Cleveland Cavaliers just traded for one Donovan Mitchell, and the team looks pretty good. And so I, yeah, I would. I, I'm, I'm happy to have League Pass now, so I can watch a couple more of those out of market games. Um, maybe once college football season's over, I'm, I'm not going to watch a lot of regular season NBA basketball in late November, early December, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm sure we'll all be wonderful. But that's not why you all tuned into this today to be talking about video games and, and basketball. I wanted to check in a little bit because as you are, you may be aware if you've been reading Extra Points, which I think most of you uh, do, I was in Washington, D.C. the past couple of days. I went to go to the Lead One Fall Meetings, which is a big athletic director palooza. Uh, I found some time to go back to my old quasi alma mater for a little bit. I spent some time at American University, went through the, their athletic department tour and talked with some staffers, and maybe that's a different thing. But no, I want to I want to stay on on the the American reunion here. I, I know everybody's tuned in to, to see all the details about the Lead One meeting, but we're, we're going to get to that in a second. I, I, sure, how no, was the return we, trip to the alma we, mater? We, we, can, we can talk some Patriot League. I, I'm going to I'm going to be honest. It is. It was a little bit. It was a little bit strange. So, for those who are unfamiliar with American, which I'm guessing is almost everybody, <laughs> even if you live in the DMV, American University plays in the Patriot League. They are a Division One institution. They're located uh, in the Tenley Town neighborhood on the northwest side of Washington D.C. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, that is one of the fanciest pants, richest residential neighborhoods in the city. Uh, when I was a student there. Uh, the lore was that Carl Rove was that you know his his fancy house was near campus and he was the one that would complain if frat parties got too loud, or you know the 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 toniest political consultant class. So that's important because you have a very concentrated um, geographic campus that can't really expand. It's some of the same problems that a Northwestern has uh, or other places that are in more residential, higher end neighborhoods. You know, you, there's none of the, none of Americans' athletic fields have lights. Like there are there are sound ordinances. So they were telling me like the field hockey team can't even have like a PA announcement if the games goes on past like three o'clock because the rich people are going to complain. So you already have a couple of things stacked against you. AU has a pretty small athletic department. They don't have a baseball team. They don't have men's lacrosse. They certainly don't have football. They haven't had that for a hundred years. Um, and you play in a relatively small, very on-campus arena. And I was a little surprised. I mean, some of the things have changed. They built a couple other academic buildings, but 
most of the athletic, athletic facilities are exactly the same as I remember them from 2005, 2006. And uh, this is not a criticism, right? Like it's this, it's a low major school and, and it's, a, it's one that's resourced like a low major institution and they're able to be competitive in some sports. American will probably kick your ass in field hockey. They've been a thing. I think as of right now, they're a top 25 program. They've been solid in women's volleyball. They've, they've had some success in wrestling, but it's going to be near the bottom, despite a university that costs roughly $11 gajillion to attend, which uh, I, I can say maybe not the best investment unless you're, tr- you're planning on uh, working for in, 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 uh, in international politics or in the C-SPAN Wonkaverse. Uh, which is you know kind of which is what I thought I wanted to do when I was 18 before I got there and realized this sucks. Um, but for that is your life if you do want to be a C-SPAN person. American University may be a great institution for you. Um, I, I, I don't I, think, I think the, uh, yeah. the old alumni network is going to give you a call after that kind of yeah, listen, listen. <laughs> they they dropped my scholarship when I went to go on a mission. So if they wanted me to to, to be part of the alumni network maybe they should have let me you know help me help me uh, stay keep my scholarship so I could have graduated what 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 is fascinating to me about that school and well, I am glad I got to talk to them because there are some there are plenty of things worth celebrating right i i think au is an example of a kind of institution that should things with the transformation committee or should things with college athletics change very significantly over the next decade this would be an example of a school that i think would have some difficult conversations to have and it's not because that they'd be incapable of competing at the Division One level. I don't think there's anything that that George Washington does that American couldn't do if they wanted to. But this is a student body, and this is not an insult, that generally doesn't think college sports is that important to them. Um, it's, it's a really international student body. It's one that's very focused on uh, uh, government work and policy work and, and d- the D.C. classroom. And you don't go there generally because you want – a like a Big Ten athletic kind of experience, which which is fine. The university has other priorities. So if suddenly the cost of doing business doubles, or if you need to have a uh, you fully fund all of your scholarships, which is something that American doesn't do, uh, you know maybe you 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 have different conversations. Just, you know, American hasn't been a Division One school for 150 years, right? Like it's it's relatively recent, all things considered. They could do it, sure, but I, I, I could also see that administration saying this doesn't fit with our priorities because we don't need this for enrollment. We're not trying to, to, to we're not really recruiting a ton of students this way. We don't need this to, to hit our tuition goals. We can find students uh, either way. We're not winning the Patriot League in every sport right now anyway, nor do we are we really trying to? Or, you know, we're, we're, we're trying, but you, you know what I mean. It's, it's their resource allocation and what Holy Cross is doing are not the same thing. And I, I say this not as like an insult. I don't think that's that, that, that we a poor decision, but this would be an example of a school that I could see making different choices if things break a certain way in a couple of years. And there are dozens of schools just like AU. Well, and they, they only sponsor 14 teams. And I think sports sports yeah. sponsorship is, is going to be one of the kind of big topics over the next probably six weeks or so as, as the Transformation okay. Committee really dives into that uh, topic, starts circulating, yeah. uh, you know, kind of some surveys and whatnot regarding that. And uh, it, it's going to affect a lot more schools than, than just, a, say, an American because it's, uh, it goes to your makeup of your conference. And, and if you drop below some certain minimums in, in uh, that, that area, you know, you, you could be kind of scrambling if you're one of some of these conferences that are kind of right at the below line. Uh, we was talking to somebody about, um, you know, uh, 
uh, Cal State Bakersfield the other day, and their wrestling program is in the Pac-12. Well, if there's some sort of realignment involving the Pac-12 or uh, sports sponsorship yep. minimums get dropped, you know, that's not no longer a Pac-12 sport anymore. So uh, you're looking for a new home. So, like, there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff kind of sitting in the background of, of all this D1 transformation as well. Yeah, that's that, that's 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 absolutely right. And I wouldn't say that institutionally, Bakersfield and American have a lot in common, uh, but in terms of where their athletic department could go or what, or you know, contingency plans for X, Y, Z, G, and Q, they, they there there are some similarities, right? There are some campuses where, all right, we could start a wrestling program because we already have those facilities and the startup costs for wrestling or beach volleyball. Um, or, or or indoor track are not necessarily exorbitant. And there are other places where you just can't build another building. And maybe you send your athletes all the way across town for some shared facility with Georgetown or Howard or something. Probably not. And that becomes a challenge. I would imagine if you were in Long Island or if you were in Queens or in Manhattan um, or uh, in the north side of Chicago where space is at a premium, these could be challenges there too. Not everybody can grab the land to go build another 3000 person arena um George Philadelphia maybe so those are those are those are things to monitor which i think kind of dovetails into the real reason i was there um uh, it wasn't to get taken off the american university christmas card list um uh, although i i, I might have i mean like I, I mean look i bender's fine like there's 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 there's, there's other things that are, that are very fine but all the uh, or several Division One FBS athletic directors all gathered together to talk about the future of college football governance. We've talked about it on this show uh, several months ago. If you've been following along, you might recall Gene Smith, Ohio State's AD back in May, openly um, floating the idea of, hey, maybe it makes sense to move all of the college football stuff into the college football playoff or into some separate entity. And once he said that, you heard a couple other ads and a couple other administrators kind of openly, you know, you know, just asking questions, kind of, kind of talk about that. And 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 in May and early June, and I think this was probably your experience too, Brian. This was something that was talked about because there is widespread dissatisfaction with the way the NCAA is set up right now from a football's perspective. And a lot of those concerns are not unique to football. I think if we called up our friends at Bakersfield or, quite frankly, half the Patriot League, you would hear similar similar concerns about it takes forever to get anything done, whether that's about NIL or about recruiting calendars, whether that's about COVID, any kind of new policy, um, is, is, is the bureaucracy is not set up for, for quick legislation. And with courts and state houses and other external factors moving very quickly, um, there is a pretty broad consensus at the FBS administrative level that we can't do what we're doing. So then that begs the question, should we just move things somewhere else. And I remember leading up to this, I, I would talk to ADs and I intellectually understood the argument, but I wasn't entirely clear exactly how this moving out of the NCAA would solve all of those things. Cause the ADs are still there and the presidents are still there and the commissioners are still there. Uh, maybe you have a centralized point person, but you're still building a similar system. And after talked to a ton of people at lead one, after all of those meetings, it would appear they reached a somewhat similar conclusion Wrote about this on Thursday, but uh, the, the the stated preference of that group is we would like to reform the NCAA. We would like to streamline legislative uh, uh, properties within the NCAA. We do not want to move. We're not saying that we won't move at a later date if we can't fix stuff internally, but that is our preference. And uh, 
I don't know. I mean, you 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 may have known you may knew you may have known about this before I even went to DC, Brian. But as I understand it, one of the significant reasons for that is, turns out leaving the NCAA is going to be real expensive. And and something that the CFP really has kind of said, you know what, maybe we don't want to do this. I, I think there was also kind yeah. of that reception as well. On the other end, it's like, no, we really don't want to house all the rules making and be responsible for a lot of that. I think that was kind of part of it uh, as, as well, especially after presidents kind of met and, and decided upon an expansion. But it, it was a concept that I, I think got definitely got some traction, you know, over the summer, like you were saying. And, and then it just has fizzled out, I think, these last couple of weeks. I think obviously attention has turned to other things like transformation. Now that the college football playoff is, is off the plate, I I think everybody's kind of comfortable with things as they are. And, you know, I think it's important to note that, uh, yeah, there, there could be some tweaks and some changes here or there, you know, um, you know. The football oversight committee that they're responsible for everything. You know, they're they're worried about FCS and and how the the postseason playoff is set up for for that sport. You know, like maybe it's, it does make yeah. sense to kind of separate things out uh, like that. You know, and and uh, you know rulemaking is uh, sometimes in the NCA it, it can go pretty fast. You know, relatively speaking to the history of the NCA when it comes to things like that, um, I, I think they would like some things to go a little bit faster. But but even when yeah. they say that they want things to go faster and they want to be more nimble about rulemaking and all that. You got to keep in mind that when that does end up happening, there's been some things that the D1 Council has done in terms of uh, basically kind of being able to pass kind of new rules within like about like a month, a month and a half. And that has drawn some ire, too, in terms of, hey, wait a minute, you guys passed that way too quick. We didn't even get to talk about that. You know, let's go, like, hold, hold on a little bit. So there's yeah. there's that aspect of things, too. But, um, you know, I think everybody would like, I guess, just to be able to be a little bit more nimble. And we kind of saw that years ago when move to this this current structure where the autonomy five as they like to call themselves not the power five the autonomy five yeah, autonomy um you five. know where they have a little bit more leeway and, and i think everybody kind of envisions something similar to that for fbs itself yeah i it, it's interesting i think for me to to dig into how the, the parallel work with the transformation committee and what's happening here with lead one and on the football specific side and 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 greg and julie were there to, to get to brief that membership of some other updates and other conversations that were happening on that front they're not part and parcel of the same thing and i think i know fans should be aware of that but they are talking about some pretty similar things um and uh, not just in terms of how quickly can we move but how the, you know where we're drawing dividing lines, what membership looks like, these these same kind of of, of similar issues. The one thing that I, I wrote about very briefly, and once once more of these interviews, I think get cut up and put on Collegiate Sports Connect, and you can you, everyone can see the full context. That I think might be interesting is I asked everybody I possibly could on camera. I think we got close to ten people across a wide swath of of FBS. I asked every single person. What is the collegiate model now, and where do you draw your proverbial red line? Because clearly, when you ask an administrator what the collegiate model is now, and you compare that to what that meant a decade ago, it, they're different things. And now the collegiate model, like it or not, includes levels of compensation. It includes uh, services offered by athletic departments that would have been unthinkable a decade ago. And yet people are still watching games. And so far, the enterprise hasn't collapsed completely. So I asked everyone, like, all right, what is, like, the one thing that is non-negotiable, knowing that you're not in complete control of, of what this model looks like right now? And I was expecting to hear some defensive amateurism or, like, you know, we can't do pay-for-play or unionization or something. And I got to tell you, I didn't hear that very often. A, a, a couple of people did. Um, and they, you know, some of them were P5 people. Some of them were not. But what I did hear from almost everybody was 
we think you know the, the red line is that it has to be centered around education and it has to be experience centered and we understand that some some compensation stuff will change and, and some organizational things here will change but in order for this to still be college football from our perspective college still has to be involved and we 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 look at this enterprise i'm paraphrasing here a little bit as a massive scholarship program you know college sports is a bigger scholarship program than just about anything else we have academically in in this country and uh, i i kind of thinking about this on the heels of what mark emmert was talking about at uh university of florida a few days ago talking to our friend christy dosha's class uh, where he you know mark was taught was floated the idea of in the future all college athletes could be paid as brand ambassadors and serve as, as, as quasi marketing in that marketing function for athletic departments are not employees, but they're all getting a direct check and that could still function in the, in the collegiate model uh, to a hardliner. That would be like, what the hell are you even thinking? Of course that makes a mockery of this, but I, I, I look at this now and think I'm getting the idea that more leaders, particularly leaders under 55 would be more comfortable with those kind of changes than maybe they might have been even 18 months ago. Like the Overton window, I think, of what is possible vis-a-vis compensation has shifted quite a bit. Does that track with, with, with the kind of conversations you've been having? Yeah, I think especially the, the age line of demarcation. You know, yeah. I think there, there's a there's a big big gap between the, the two halves, I guess you could say there. And and I think a lot of it does come up to, to upbringing, but also just kind of the, the last couple of years and, and how the NCAA sure. fought and fought and fought against NIL. And then it was here, and then it's like the enterprise did not collapse. So maybe if we actually were forward thinking and we could get ahead of things, maybe we can control it just a little bit, unlike NIL right now. Um, yeah, I think that's also part of the impetus is it's just like maybe if we kind of get a grips on, you know, sharing sharing revenue with the players and stuff like that. Or, you know, I, I would I would anticipate uh, later this year as during bowl season that you're going to have a full NIL, a few NIL opportunities for a lot of these players uh, to kind of market your bowl or, or whatnot to kind of be, uh, you know, essentially uh, in NIL opportunities there. I, I think they, they the bottom line is, is they, they don't necessarily want the courts. They don't necessarily want you know, Congress to, to have to rely on them as they sort out the very complicated issue of this whole amateurism and, and paying the players and that sort of thing that uh, is still kind of left unsaid. Several court cases to that effect uh, already. Uh, we're already seeing yep. some some new bills in Congress. So, like, I, I think part of it is also just kind of like, let's get ahead of this. Let's, let's not have to just really sit around and, and let our industry kind of dictate dictated to us let's let's actually start to do something proactive and so i think that's that's also part of it and and i think the younger ad's understand that a little bit more than than the others i i I think that's exactly right and the the nil comparison is one that was made explicitly to me as an example of why expedited legislation here is important because well we, we saw what happened when we sat on our hands for a little bit and nobody's happy with that situation. And quite frankly, I mean, and, and that, uh, clearly nobody's happy within like the AD world, but coaches are even less happy and even agents and compliance people and athletes would, I think, would have preferred all of this maybe end in a different place had decisions, different decisions have been made six, seven years ago. Like this is better than what we had before. It wasn't the best possible system that, that, that could have been created. Let's, let's try to prevent that. The other thing, and, and I recognize that by, my, by me saying this, it is possible, perhaps even probable, that some of this is just uh, AD talk or, or putting on for, there's a camera on here and I don't know this reporter super well, so I'm going to project something different. But there was a feeling of optimism 
from this group that I wasn't really expecting. And, and, and I think part of that is because this is an opportunity where even though they're all extremely competitive and they have very different athletic departments, to experience some congeniality and some shared sense of purpose that maybe they don't get in a lot of other uh, positions. Maybe they had some really good programming. I, I know a little bit about what was discussed outside of college governance in, in those conversations about NIL and about academic programming and, and finances. Maybe, maybe those things went well, but there have been times that I've gotten people on the phone when folks are feeling a little bit more apocalyptic. That really wasn't what we were getting uh, I, you know, at, at, at that hotel uh, in and around those meetings. So good sign, maybe. We'll, we'll see. Well, I think just the, the now that we're kind of back in season, especially football season, I, I do feel like that collegiality thing kind of kind of comes together just a little bit because everybody understands, you know, everybody's living week to week, Saturday to Saturday, and uh, there, there's yeah. a lot going on. And then you kind of think, you know, maybe this isn't so bad. You know, we, we got uh, packed stadiums back, you know, donors are, are, are cutting checks again. You know, we're, we're, we're entertaining, uh, you know, and, and bringing student athletes on to campus for the first time and seeing freshmen kind of grow up before I, so I, I feel like just the season itself yeah. uh, kind of lends itself to that, but you're right. I, I do feel like that was something that was started uh, kind of going back a few months, even in, into the summer, just the, uh, the momentum, you know, in, in terms of, you know what, the, the changes are here and, and we're going to be okay. And, uh, doesn't help, you know, for for some of the, the maybe the big ten ads that were there. They they know what uh, kind of big checks are coming their way too down the road. That probably didn't didn't uh, didn't hurt their their uh, optimism on the future here. I I I think I think that's true. I mean, right? Like the one of the people you interviewed for Connect that I got a chance to talk to uh, for a while, Jeff Bourne at James Madison. Unquestionably, I think he has lots of reasons to be smiling right now, um, and, and even independent of a, of a solid start here for his football program. But like this is the he's experiencing the culmination of changes they've been pushing for for a decade, and that's finally happened. You talk to folks at Old Dominion, um, you can see why they would be excited right now, coming off of you know a, a big upset, a strong showing against ECU. You've got the the dog that's set to become the next great internet meme, and you have capital project momentum happening here. You can see why people at Kansas State are excited. Um, many of the people that I think would be um, less likely to be, you know, humming to themselves, they were connecting on Zoom. So, so you know, right, like, you know, I, I didn't see Trev Alberts. I assume he's very busy right now. Okay. Um, that doesn't say he, was, he wasn't participating, but I mean, like, he, you know, he doesn't have an hour and a half to hang around the cocktail hour uh, like maybe some other people. That's okay, too. So like I'm all in all like I'm I am I'm glad I got a chance to go I'm glad I got a chance to talk to a bunch of people that I have only known via text messages and Zoom calls and over the phone I think it's nice for them to also see that I own pants and own some things that are not just home field apparel and am capable of, of of talking and it's 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 nice to get out of my basement and and back to a place where uh, as much as I have complained about DC on. Um, in extra points and on social media and elsewhere, like I did live there for a long time. There are a lot of happy memories um, and, and uh, a, a cool college place to be for sure. Um, speaking of home field, the, let's quickly talk about that here because in these kind of events, you have to wear a coat and tie and an Oxford shirt and everything and have to be a serious professional. And unfortunately, our dear friends at home field don't make those things yet. Uh, if you are a sponsor that does make those things, I would love to shill for you when I go to these functions. But what Homefield does make is almost everything else. Extremely comfortable t-shirts, hoodies, crew necks, tank tops, uh, stickers, which aren't a thing that you wear uh, unless you want to be really ambitious or like you're our kids 
who uh, will, will, will take those and turn them into, into pants. But they make great shirts. They're officially licensed. They're vintage collegiate apparel. They have a bunch of fun logos. I'm wearing the Washington the Bow Down to Washington shirt again here. We got Pistol Pete. Um, my daughters go to a school called the Huskies, and there was a big school fundraiser today, so I felt like I had to represent the, the big grown-up big dog. Hey, big um, game for Washington coming up too. Think, uh, big, sure, very, 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 very big game. Should be should be a lot of fun. Um, excited to see what Michigan State is uh, at, at at this point. I feel like we don't really know yet. Um, they've got just about everybody. They've been refreshing a bunch of other schools that they already had, and also dropping some new mid majors. The I think there's a really cool Mac collection that's been uh, released yes. a, a couple of days yeah. here this week. Um, I literally can't buy any more shirts. Connor, if you're listening to this and you send me more shirts, I I don't have I don't have room to put them. You can them. send them to me, Connor. Don't worry. Can't wear the send them, send them to Fisher. Loving loving those new national title shirts in, in particular. Those are great. The national title ones. I mean, like the Eastern Michigan one looks pretty good. Everyone looks good in in that dark green. Yeah. Um, you know who else would look good in those shirts? You, dear listener. Uh, so when you buy them, use promo code Extra Points to save 15% off that first order at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, we're excited to debut some new sponsors next week. We do also have some advertising, a little bit of advertising space open left in October. We're actually bringing on a couple of new sponsors uh, with on Extra Points and this show. But if you'd like us to um, discuss your brand, um, with with a, a couple of ex- a couple of exceptions, you know we, we, we can't shill for narcotics, um, or, or like I like you know, that's where exactly where you go first. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything exactly. about that. I, I, I meant like a, you know or regulated financial instruments that you know require you know certain disclosures. We we we, we are happy to talk about most things, and you can do that by dropping me a note at matt at extrapointsmb.com or sales at extrapointsmb.com. Um, yeah, you can tell it's been a week, <laughs> right after, but um. This is, uh, I, I think, I think it's good, good to, good to put a bow on what's happening here administratively here and behind the scenes. Should be an exciting week three. Um, similar to week two, not a ton of games that immediately jump off the page screaming. You have to watch this, but because college football is, and I say this with deep love in my heart, very stupid. That means that many of those things that you would think that you could safely just check on Twitter while you're doing other things will be, you know, become something that requires your media attention, like an App State Texas A&M from last week. It's not just going to be about the Michigan State, Washington, Texas A&M, Miami, or BYU Oregon games. There will be plenty else to watch. I'm not just saying that because I will be watching the Toledo Ohio State game in primetime on Fox. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Ohio State's going to be on a night a lot this year, which is uh, good for my noon football experiences. Not as good for my anxiety levels in the evening. But are you are you, are you, are you one to have have trouble going to, going to sleep after getting hyped up? You know, watching watching those Honestly, games. I have I have a harder time going to sleep, even if my favorite team isn't playing at this point. Because generally, there's some kind of a you know adrenaline ish game, and I. Don't do a good job of regulating my caffeine intake. I think on Saturdays, I, I say that as I'm sipping a diet coke right now at nine o'clock at night Central Time because I have a bunch of other stuff I have to do. <laughs> I have to do elsewhere. But I generally on Saturdays, if I watch the late game, I'm not going to bed until one. 
it, it, it takes a little while. I, I, I still don't get how some of the people on the East Coast do it. You know, like I feel like at least on the West Coast, you know, the, the games are over unless you're really diehard into Hawaii. You know, you can at least relax a little bit. There's kind of, kind of some breathing time before it really gets late in the hour. But uh, it, it's uh, it can be tough to wind down. And, and especially if you're watching like the NBA and it's like 1.30 in the morning, I just... I don't know how you kind of come down from that, but you're you're in the great time zone of, of the central time, so you, you got a little bit better. God's time zone. It's it is it is a little bit better, but do I have like some some white noise queued up on YouTube or something if uh, if things get weird at midnight? Yeah, I, it was a little bit easier when I was younger and my kids were younger because like I mean, and and you you know what this is like, right? It doesn't really matter how I feel. If the 18-month-old wants to stay up to watch Washington State's 10 o'clock kickoff, by God, we're going to watch Washington State. But my kids are old enough now where they will go to bed. I mean, I might have to temporarily put the fear of God into them for them to stay asleep. But they will. I mean, like, I don't have to stay up that late every single time. Um, if I was living out here and I was like a diehard Cal fan, it would be this would be a challenging lifestyle for sure. Well, I, I know a few folks that uh, put up with it and, 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 and do stick up and, and stay stay awake uh, at least late enough to hit some of those Pac-12 games. But, uh, you know, it, it'll be fun. I think it's going to be one of those weekends, like you said. You know, it, on paper, it kind of looks so-so, but those are always the weeks of chaos. And uh, I doubt we're going to get a coach firing after the end of it on, on Sunday, but uh, you never know. You never know how things are, are going to go. Man, I, I hope not. I, I, I hope that the, the coach fire in week three, week four, is a rare event rather than like moving up the window entirely that early. Um, but I, that, that, that's a different show. I, I don't think so. You know, I, I do think that might be here to stay, um, you know, especially for those coaches that uh, do come back and, you know, maybe it's like everybody understands you are the guy on the hot seat. You know what? Chances are the last two years that guy has been gone by week three. So uh, I'm, I'm not uh, not really thinking that 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 kind of thing is going to change. The curious thing to me is just kind of certainly at the lower levels, you know, are, are you going to kind of keep those coaches around? Um, you know, the, it, it's a bit different now just because there are transfer windows. You know, you, it's not like you're, you're team's yeah. going to enter the portal in mass, you know, at, at this point. Um, so I, I think that has changed things a, a little bit. But, um, you know, come November, I'm, I'm going to be very curious. You know, are, are coaches going to make a lot of moves or are ADs going to make a lot of moves just on coaches because they know, hey, you know what? I got 10 days until the window. I can get somebody in here. They, they can recruit, recruit the portal before it's uh, kind of mass chaos in December and, and then we can kind of go from there. So uh, it's still going to be a different coaching carousel this year. But uh, I, I, we'll, we'll see if it uh, adds, adds another name to the uh, to the wall there on Sunday. Yeah, let's 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 tackle that in two weeks, unless something profoundly stupid happens. Which, of course, by me saying that, I have now manifested it and set the show schedule here for next Wednesday, folks. Uh, we appreciate you spending some time here this week with us across all of our platforms. You can, of course, find uh, a lot of our other video content on Collegiate Sports Connect. That is free. Um, there should be anywhere between six to ten interviews from lead one that I conducted over the, they'll either be up on Friday or Monday where we're in the process of clipping and editing those. We have a couple other NIL stories uh, on that platform coming up. And then of course on extra points, which you can find at extrapointsmb.com. Well, I'm, I'm juggling like six different stories at the moment. I think there's going to be a religion oriented newsletter for early next week. I am cautiously optimistic. We'll get enough information for another EA sports update. We saw our buddy Chris Vanini had, had uh, recently had one uh, on the, on the athletic that, that was very useful and, and well appreciated. Uh, we got a couple of different NIL stories here. I'm talking barstool on Friday. We have a couple other ones coming out later in the week. So you can grab it all at extrapointsmb.com. And of course, if you, you know, you're 30 minutes into this show, if you haven't already, 
take a minute or two, hit the five-star button. Help leave a sacrifice to the algorithmic gods. Because this is not a show that's going to reach 300,000 people every time we do it. That's just because we talked for 25 minutes today about bureaucratic legislative changes. Help us find the degenerate nerds that we're looking for. That five-star button helps a bunch. Did I get everything, Brian? I, I think so. And, you know, speaking of uh, Lead One and all those ADs, you know, one of the first things they read every morning, one of the first things they, they do in the evening is, is read the D1 ticker. So make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, we we also had another edition of Head Coach U uh, go out this yeah. week with with Bronco Mendenhall. We kind of talked about what he's what he looks for in a program, you know, kind of how he builds a culture, you know, initially. So I think that's uh, really a, a good thing that for, for a lot of ADs out there that are either in the process of hiring or have hired in the past, you know, something uh, maybe a bit of a different perspective on, on kind of that whole thing. And so uh, there will be another edition of that uh, next Tuesday. And then I have some uh, column uh, over the weekend and, and on Monday from FoxSports.com. So that's, that seems to wrap it all up. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football. Enjoy your volleyball. Enjoy your soccer. Enjoy your farmer's markets. We'll be in touch with you here in a couple more days. 